Hey, what's up? It's your homegirl, Complex Angel, and welcome back to another episode of Self-Love is My Rehab, where we are all tired of abuse being our addiction. I'm about to get my partner in crime, DC, on the line so we can start this lovely show tonight. So please, tune in and love yourself. Yo, yo, DC, what's going on? What up, Pimp Skillet? How you living out here in these streets? Well, I'm just going to be honest. You may have to carry the show tonight. I ate some pizza, and yeah, what we just going to see if Tom is on my side. <laughs> you said you ate some but, pizza? Yeah. Why you so, do that? Just saying. You know, I, I'll cut you out right after the show. Let's go ahead and just, let's, yeah, let's just get right into it while, while, you, while your stomach is with us. So. Yes. So, uh, what was the yeah. job of the week? <laughs> I mean, shit, besides you eating some lactose, <laughs> um, I mean, shit, it's, it's been all right. Um, I've, I've, I've been in my, my, under my dark cloud, you know what I'm saying? That ain't, you know, the new, but, mm-hmm. you know, I've been able to maintain it a lot more. I would say this particular moment, you know, it was a little heavy on me. Um, there were a lot of, um, passing anniversaries and whatnot. Um, so I've been really taking a toll. It's been really taking a toll on me. Uh, my favorite aunt um, birthday had, um, just came up not too long ago. Um, the anniversary mm. of my cousin was like a couple of weeks ago, and his birthday is going to be in a couple of weeks here. So, you know, I'm, you know, it's, it's crazy because, like, when you think that you're able to, to manage um, the passing or the loss of somebody, you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. you think you got it under control until either their anniversary and or their birthday or, you know, whatever yep. events that you guys may have shared or whatever you may um, come across and it reminds you of them. Those emotions flare back up and you just realize, like, yeah, I'm still not over this shit, you know. But mm-hmm. I'm bouncing back slowly but surely. Um, I'm here on the show, you know what I'm saying? Like, this, this definitely keeps my mind off of it you know, for the most part. So I'm glad we actually doing the show today. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, just know that you can always bring it. I was going to say, you can always bring it in here. It's a safe place, you know, because that's just never easy. It's never easy to, um, to process. What was you about to say? No, I was about to, I was about to slide it right on over to you. Oh, okay. So for the Keeping It Complex, um, of course, you guys know that uh, AJ Johnson passed, and um, I kind of wanted to do on here what I did on Queens of Vibes and Visions, just like ask, like, you know, what was two movies or, like, what was your two favorite movies or two favorite lines that you heard AJ Johnson say, just so we can have some laughter. Well, yeah, I mean, first and foremost, you know, RIP to him, you know what I'm saying? That's, it was yeah. another shocker, um, you know, not just out of the um, – out of the uh, celebrity uh, column, but, you know, just the fact of pretty much damn that that whole, you know, cast of that first Friday is actually passed on. You know what I'm saying? You got yeah. Debo, you got AJ Johnson, who just, you know, fit in that roster. Um, Bernie Mac is gone. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I just found out um, during his, uh, during his passing announcement that, um, that Roach had passed away too from uh, next Friday. Um, he passed away around the time that movie was actually produced you know, right, like right after type of thing, you know what I'm saying? So he's been gone for a while too. And I never even knew that. So, um, my condolences. You talking about the boy well. with the skateboard? The yeah. Guy with the skateboard. Bro, yep. Oh, damn. I yep. didn't know that. Damn. Yeah. I didn't know that either. So they was talking about AJ Johnson, but, um, to get back to AJ Johnson, um, 
you know, obviously, you know, his iconic, you know, um, role was um, Ezel. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he, he definitely, besides Smokey, definitely made that motherfucking movie funny as hell. Um, <laughs> yeah, my, my memorable moment in there for him was when he caught Smokey taking the shit. And oh, <laughs> he's like, well, you know, I ain't the smartest man in the world, but from over here, it looks like you taking this shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like, you know, this this his this his character in general. Like, you know what I'm saying? He was able to make a homeless man yes. you know what I'm saying? So yes. I I definitely appreciated him for, you know what I'm saying, for his creativity of doing that. And then um the other uh movie that I liked him in was I got the hookup, you know what I'm saying, where he played um Master P's uh homeboy, um, uh, which his name was Blue in the um in the movie. And um yeah, he was something else in that fucking movie too. Uh I remember <laughs> the scene where um where Master P was talking to his girl and it was um you know, they was uh talking about sex and stuff and uh Master P was like, you know what I'm saying, like, Well, uh I'm gonna come through with uh with my hat, um, no shirt, just boxing drawers. And then like this yeah. nigga was like, Tell him I'm gonna be tell him I'm gonna be ass naked with some uh with some click clackers and a stick of sign on my ass <laughs> and a gold watch. <laughs> And a necklace Yo. and a hula skirt. Yeah. I was like, nigga, what? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he 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 was in his own lane when it came to comedy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. when there when you seen AJ Johnson's material, you knew that there was nobody else doing that material but AJ Johnson. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was his own person, and that's what I loved yeah. about him. You know what I'm saying? So, once again, I you know I send my condolences out to him. Um, I didn't want to I didn't want to throw this out there, but um, I I don't know the whole story, but I just know based off of what I've seen was that, you know, his wife was having a hard time with burying him. And uh, she was saying, like, how nobody was really coming up to the forefront. And I had seen recently that, you know, Michael Blackston was, I think, the only one, don't get me wrong, but he was the only one, I think, that um, that issued out $20,000 for uh, for the family to um, – to bury AJ Johnson or whatever, so I commend him for uh, for stepping up and doing that. Because from what it from what it seemed like, it seemed like none of his friends was you know coming forth to kind of like help out. But you know, me and you had this talk earlier. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, you know, there's some situations and obligations that you know certain people don't necessarily have to attend to. You know what I'm saying? Because at the same time, we don't know how his money was looking. You know what I'm saying? It may have been looking pretty funny to where like you know he may have ran through all his royalties and all his money and shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? So he may have just been, you know, flat broke type of thing, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, that's my take on it though. Rest in peace. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like I think the way people think about it is like some people don't feel responsible. You know, it, maybe his uh, royalties went towards medical bills. Like we don't really even know the cause of death, but rest in peace, AJ mm-hmm. Johnson. Um, I would say Bat was the movie that he really stood out to yeah. me and Players yeah. Club, like the scene where yeah, they yeah. was like <laughs> riding him around in a circle and then he took his <laughs> hand off his nose and just like, we hugged the red, man, fuck y'all. Like in Bats, like it was just so many funny moments, but the crying moment when he was yeah. telling her, like, this is the type of house you deserve. He was like, and every time we go out, we got to watch other people eat. Hell, I want to eat, too. Hell, like, I want to eat, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, like, that, 
man, it will never be another one like him, just like it will never be another one like Bernie Mac, man, like rest in peace. Um, yeah. In the words of D.C. 2021, kiss our ass, too. <laughs> yeah. But all up, all up into that shit. Well, going <laughs> on to the set me the fuck up topic tonight, we are talking about cheating. He's a cheater. She's uh, a cheater. Yes. All right. So listen, don't need to, we don't even mm-hmm. need to uh, explain it. We just going to go right into the questions and we going to let all, like it always does. So first question. Mm-hmm. And um, I know we supposed to do scenarios this week. I didn't have no scenarios, but I got quotes. Okay. So the first question is, sure. what is worse? What is worse to you, DC? Cheating in a relationship. And I mean like cheating or getting cheated on in a relationship or mm-hmm. cheating yourself out of opportunities in life. Which one is worse for you? Mm. Uh, I would say if I had to choose one, I would say cheating yourself out of opportunities in life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And if if I if I understand cheating yourself out of opportunities in life correctly, is you know what I'm saying just giving yourself self doubt on mm-hmm. you know feeling capable of doing things and you know and not trying it and you know what I'm saying just letting opportunities just go by and you just never know which one of those opportunities could be your meal ticket to not only just financial stability, but just happiness in your life in general. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. once you once you reach your goals in life, you know what I'm saying, like people who who pretty much just like, you know, um, thrive off of just traveling the world. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. what makes them happy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the opportunity of being happy, you don't have to worry about, you know, depending on nobody else to kind of like, you know, you know, co-depend on to make you happy. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you can find all that happiness within yourself. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, cheating yourself out of opportunity, there's a lot of opportunities, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of opportunities of loving yourself, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. basically having that utmost um, high level of just loving yourself and not, you know, not, not depending on, you know, others being around, you know, to to, to pretty much um, give you that sort of happiness, you know what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong, like, getting cheated on is fucked mm-hmm. up, like, you know what I'm saying? It is. <laughs> but, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's something that you can sort of get damaging. Don't get me wrong, but I I would I would have to go more towards you know cheat myself out of opportunities. That would be the worst. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you you don't have the choice of getting cheated on. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the that's the person that you're dealing with. You know decision. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you have to live with, you know, passing up a job that you just may feel like, okay, I'm not capable of doing or yourself doubting yourself, or you just might just be in a comfortable stage of just not elevating in life. But eventually you'll probably regret it by either, you know, one day just, you know, sitting inside of, you know, yourself and just wondering like, you know, damn, like why I can't get this, why I can't get that, or why I can't get here or there. It's because you're not, you know, you're not giving yourself the opportunity to believe in yourself and, you know, um, really put yourself to the test and, you know, um, really exercise your your um, your way of accomplishing things. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because um, that's just like that's just like me pondering on my clothing brand. I was pondering on my clothing brand for like two years before I actually got into it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I passed up two years worth of um, giving myself the opportunity to actually get this brand out. You know what I'm saying? 
now I have to look back and say, like, well, damn, like, what if I was, like, able to, like, really put this into play, like, two, three years ago? Like, you know what I'm saying? Where would I be two, three years from now? Like, you know what I'm saying? I could have been making bukus and more money, you know what I'm saying? Like, well before, like, COVID shit happened and, you know, prices went up on everything. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I probably could have had it, had it well, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's my take on that. I would just, I would rather not live in the what, you know, the what ifs and the unknowns of things if I have not given myself the opportunity to do it. That part. Um, I definitely agree with you. But I was I was gonna I was gonna um say cheating yourself out of opportunities, but I was like, let me just be honest. Because yes, there have been two times where I cheated myself out of a writing opportunity. The first time it was out of my hands. I was twelve years old and I wrote a poem about my granddad after he passed and I entered it into a poetry contest and became one of the finalists. But because they could only afford to pay for my plane ticket and they couldn't pay for, like, someone else to go with me, my grandma basically told me, like, if it was meant to be, they would have made it easy. But they, And I just felt like, okay, maybe it's just not the right time. And then I remember when I was 15, I had pub, I had sent off a manuscript for Honey Flavored Tears, the original version. Yeah. <laughs> I had sent it off to a publishing company in New York because I used to go to BookBeat all the time and I would go find publishing companies for each book that I read. And they wanted to publish me, but it was just so many different things. Like one minute, oh, can you send us another copy because it was out of order, you didn't have no page numbers. And my mom was like, no, they're, they're trying to steal your work. You know what I'm saying? So I just always felt like it mm. wasn't time. I, and, you know, I just basically kept telling myself I'm going to keep going until I do get uh, published. But with cheating, with getting cheated on, the first time I ever got cheated on, it was in ninth grade. I know that's young as hell, but as teenagers, mm-hmm. we, should val- we should validate our emotions. We felt shit. Mm-hmm. And I remember I got cheated on by a senior in high school because I, wasn't give- I wouldn't give up my virginity. I had questions. Mm. I, I had answers. I had solutions for when I cheated myself out of opportunity, but I didn't have no questions. I didn't have no answers for that. I, I woke up every yeah. day just feeling like, what the hell? Where do we go wrong? So I don't know. To me, getting cheated on, it just fucks with my self-esteem. It, it fucks with my identity, period, because I questioned what I did wrong and where did I go wrong, you know what I'm saying, not realizing, no, this, like you said, this person made a, a a personal choice than their damn selves, but it affects you. You get what I'm saying? Like back then, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't. I cared more about someone loving me than loving my own self and seeing my own attributions. So that's why I had to be honest with myself. Like you know, getting cheated on matters to you more than your opportunities. You know what I'm saying? Because I didn't really know. I didn't know my potential back then. Because like you know, right. when I wanted to be a writer, I was always told, oh you know, come back to reality, you know, it's not going to happen, that's not really a real job. Like, I didn't have people that believed in me, so it was just like, well, why should I believe in it? I'm not going to lie. The person that really pushed me to go on, I remember I let uh, Queen K and her little sister, uh, Nene, read it. Like, they read the first Honey Flavors Tears, and both of them stayed up to, like, 6 o'clock in the morning reading it. And I was, and, like, you know, them pushing me, and then, like, just other people's reactions that used to read my stuff at school. It wasn't family that was, that was like, that, that believed in my potential. It was, you know, it was them. So it was, like, it was hard for me to believe in my potential because my family did, you know? And, like, when people right. at school was, like, just some real shit, I'm like, 
really? Like, I questioned it. So getting cheated on <laughs> was worse to me. That's fucked up, right? But yeah. that goes into my <laughs> next <laughs> That goes into my next question. Since we're talking about cheating, I read a quote that said, once a cheater, always a cheater. Always a cheater only applies to how the one cheated on will see you for the rest of your life. That kind of trust is was broken, and the cheater will never get it back. So what is your take on that? Uh, I mean, honestly, I feel like that's pretty valid. Um, mm-hmm. it, 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 I mean, it, it varies on the individual, you know what I'm saying? Um, it depends on the, the love that person has for you, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's be clear, like, you know, like, we've, we've, we've had our moments where we got cheated on and got right back with the motherfucker, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yes. like, I was the real shit, like, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, that goes back to what you were saying about not seeing your potential. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like once we kind of, like, you know, give in to those situations, we 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 decrease our self-value, you know what I'm saying, especially mm. to that person that, that cheated on us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That gives them the opportunity to feel like, okay, I can, I can continue to do this in a sense, but, you know, I'm not going to make a habit out of it, but just so happen it may happen again, I know what to mm. do, you know what I'm saying, in order to get that person back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But once that does happen, a person will continue to do that. Cause like I said, once a cheater, always a cheater type of thing, you know what I'm saying? It may not happen right away, but eventually, you know what I'm saying? If, if they are provoked, you know, or, you know, whatever excuse you may give them to do it, they're going to do it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like some cheaters don't always want to be like blank, blankly, you know, cheaters. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's always have to be a certain excuse as to why they cheated on this person. You know what I'm saying? Whether mm. it's something that, you know, that they provoke them to do it or, you know what I'm saying, they relying on um, uh, their upbringing in their childhood and shit. You know what I'm saying? They may have seen that shit growing up. So they want to use that as yeah. an excuse to be able to constantly do it. Or they could have experienced some hurt from a person, you know what I'm saying, and that made them, in a sense, kind of heartless to where, like, I want to be in a relationship but I'm not about to fully give myself to you like that. You know what I'm saying? My guard mm-hmm. is still up. So just to say, just to, you know, just to give myself a, a, a safe haven and, you know, a wall, you know, between myself and love, I'm not going to fully give myself to you, but, you know, you piss me off or, you know, you rub me the wrong way. <laughs> I'm going to go over here, you know what I'm saying, just so I won't be all in my feelings with you, you know what I'm saying, which is fucked up. It, it is, yeah. you know, but there's, there's trauma, there's always trauma on both ends of the on, on both ends of the fence, you know what I'm saying, but I don't condone in cheating, you know what I'm saying, but I I got myself wrapped up in that shit before, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. where I, you know, I had my little love triangle, you know, situation, you know what I'm saying, like post-high school, so this was fairly young, 19, 20-ish years old type of thing, and, you know, mine was, mine was based off of hurt, like, you know what I'm saying, like that was the first my my kid's mom was the first one to like legit like you know put me in a position to where I was heartbroken type of shit you know what I'm saying so I wasn't really thinking with proper emotions you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying in regards to whoever like you know what I'm saying like yeah you just you just really get torn in between the two you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying of you know like okay like you did this to me it's like okay like now do I kind of give in to that and be like, okay, I'm going to let that shit slide. You weren't in your right mind. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it was me. 
you know, maybe we can, you know, hash this shit out and, you know, try to make it work for the better. Now, mm-hmm. silly me, I tried that shit and it still didn't work out. So it was like, okay, now you just, now you just on some shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. like now, my cheating is getting back at you. Like it was vengeful. You know, you, you mm-hmm. hurt, vengeful. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't properly go into my next relationship just based off of, you know, solely interest. You know what I'm saying? It was, yeah. it was interest slash this the person that I can make my baby mama jealous of and so forth. You know what I'm saying? Like it it was smoke and mirrors to my intentions, you know, wholeheartedly. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like when I look back at it, I'm like, oh, that was fucked up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Cause like, I'm, I'm, I'm not the cheating type. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm not for that shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not cool at all. But, yeah. but yeah, um, I can, I can honestly say like I'm on the, I'm on the opposite of it. Like, I may have did that shit once, but, like, I, I've never done it again. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if you want to consider, like, me talking to somebody else and not being, like, physically or emotionally into it as cheating. I mean, if you want to, then, yeah, maybe you could say that. But uh, as far as, like, physically, like, I've never been into, like, a, a situation where I was physically, like, cheating on anybody. But to each his own. But in most cases, though, I do feel like, you know, once a cheater – nine times out of ten, you might cheat again. Hmm. I think that when we, when we, I think that when we keep in mind of the reason why people cheat, I mean, like, there, there, there's so many different reasons. Some people, just because they felt like it, because the sky was blue, other people to get attention that they're not getting at home, and we always mm-hmm. say, why why don't we have these talks, right? But then it's like, I'd be thinking about it. Can a person really handle the truth when a person comes to them and say, hey, I'm having these thoughts about cheating on you? Because regardless, it hurts, and curiosity is going to always kill the cat. Curiosity will always get the best of someone. But I feel like after the person does it, I truly believe that people can change. What I don't believe is that, you weren't sorry for what you did because you wanted to do it. You were sorry that you got caught and you see how that mm-hmm. shit made me, made me feel. But it's like when right. a person cheats, they, they just want to be back on the person's good side. So what they feel like when that person takes them back, it's like you said, we always take the person back after we got cheated on. They feel like, okay, you took me back. That should be the end of that. But Pastor Mike Todd even said it. You know, he, he openly talked about how lust controlled his life, that he stepped out on his wife. And he has to talk about that mm-hmm. in these sermons. He had, like, you know, he talked about it in Relationship Goals and Relationships Goal Reloaded Part 2. And he said, I always have to keep in the back of my mind that talking about this over and over again is going to reopen some wounds for my wife. So I'm always going to be, I'm always going to have to reassure her because I caused that pain. A lot of people don't have that mentality, though. They feel like, just get over it. Just get the fuck over it because it makes them feel uncomfortable that they're in the hot seat with you. But if the the tables was turned, oh, them motherfuckers would glow all day long. Like, it could be six years from now, and you didn't prove to them that you're in their corner, but they hear a song, 
and it's like it's like on TikTok. They got the uh, R. Kelly and Sparkle song going, and it was like how females be after a man cheat. They don't let it go, and they start singing extra loud and emotional because that shit hit close to home for what you do. But I think that we just have to give each other grace and understand that people are not perfect, and people time heals all wounds. So you're going to have to have yeah. more than one talk about it. But, yeah, you're right. So that goes into my next quote. So there was another article that said um, relational self-awareness, they call it RSA, is the ongoing practice of understanding who you are in the context of your intimate partnership. It is about understanding your relational beliefs formed by the family you grew up with, your cultural context, personality, and life experiences, as these guide your relational behavior. Without relational self-awareness, we remain stuck, doomed to repeat our mistakes. With relational self-awareness, our mistakes become what um, they call effing growth, fucking growth opportunities. Like, what the heck? They put F, but then they put effing. Fucking growth yeah, opportunities. Right. <laughs> so, what's your take on that? <laughs> um, I mean, this one's actually pretty new to me. I've never, I never really heard of relational self-awareness. Um, so, I'll give you an example. Um, somebody has said before... In in a quote, it said, "When you're date, when you're getting to know a woman or a man, get to know their background, how their how their family is, because that plays a part in how they are. It's what we talk about all the time, like on the way we love, like a lot of the stuff that we've seen in our background, the cultural beliefs, it all plays a part in our relational our relationship behavior with other people. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like like me, it's hard for me to." I can be a nurturer person as a people pleaser, but it's hard for me to show affection and it's hard for me to give my man kisses and, and hugs when he comes through the door because I didn't have that growing up. That's a part of my relational self-awareness because my grandma didn't say that she loved me. So, like, you know, that that's what it means. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, well, I guess in my case, um, mm-hmm. I was I was always the one to to show you my love before anything. You know what I'm saying? Because okay. the way I was the way I was raised it is it, weird because like with my mom, her being a single parent and stuff like that and having to be the mom and the father basically showing the the sensitive and aggressive sides of, of things. Right. Like, you know, I was kinda I was kinda disciplined but yet spoiled at the same time. And I, I gravitated more to the, you know, the sensitive side, you know what I'm saying? Because I looked at it as, like, you know, you're a woman. Like, why are you showing so much aggression towards me? And, like, you know, it's coming so it's coming so left field type of shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that came, and that came from, like, you know, like, you know, maybe doing, you know, maybe just doing wrong, like, you know, in the neighborhood and shit like that. You know how we was as kids. Like, you know what I'm saying? If we get trapped, yes. you know, doing shit that we ain't supposed to be doing, you know, you get your ass whooped type of shit. But... I think what it was was that like it was so it was so excessive, you know what I'm saying? And like maybe it wasn't her fault of, you know, practicing excessive uh discipline because, you know, she she raising a man on her own. Like, you know what I'm saying? So she's trying to toughen up the boy that she's growing up I mean that she's raising. So yeah. so it came with that and then, you know, also like she she basically um, transition her love through materialistic things. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I never really got the I love you's and stuff like that from my mom like that. You know what I'm saying? Not that I can recall. 
You know what I'm saying? So it was like, you know, regardless if I got in trouble or not, you know what I'm saying, I was always gifted with, you know, things for my birthday and or for Christmas type of shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I I always had clothes on my back. I always had decent shoes and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So she she showed her love by um, materializing me for the most part. You know what I'm saying? So, like, when it came to... Uh, when it came to when it came to you know me transitioning all of that into relationships, like you know, like I don't even know how I don't even know how to really answer it as far as like really transitioning into it, because like mm-hmm. I guess I guess the whole materialistic thing it kind of rubbed off on me to give into my relationship, but I wasn't giving off materialistic shit. I was giving my raw mm-hmm. organic self. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. that was the only time I was really able to express my feelings, you know, whether they were, you know, whether it was showing affection or really, you know, speaking out and having a voice, you know what I'm saying? So back when I was growing up, I didn't really have a voice to really state an opinion or a disagreement or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? If I happen to open my mouth or, you know, say anything or really show some sort of resentment or rejection, it'd be shut your Mm -hmm. ass up. You know what I'm saying? You ain't grown. yada, yada, yada type of shit, you know what I'm saying? So it's like when you hear that for so long and then when you finally have an opportunity to be able to, you know, express yourself, mm-hmm. it's not it's not in a controlled sense, you know what I'm saying? So you start to really just kind of like, you know, talk out your ass a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Because of all this pent-up aggression of you wanting to be able to express yourself all these years are now able to be released, <laughs> you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So all of all of the 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 um all the things that you were held back from in your childhood that you may have wanted to you know express mm-hmm. can be critical when you become an adult you know cuz like i said like it will be little shit that you know i wouldn't confront right then and there initially because i would get back into that stage of like you know okay because this is a female doing this to me it makes me think of how my mom would you know um, criticize or, you know, uh, discipline me, so to speak. So it's like I didn't have a voice to talk. Like, that clicked in my mind, like, okay, shut your ass up. That's a woman. Don't talk back, you know, type of shit. So I would just I would just basically just bottle all that shit up until I couldn't control mm. it no more because now the grown person in me is kicked in to where it's like, wait, yeah. you got a voice. Say something, my nigga. So <laughs> by the time I yeah. get ready to express myself, like, I'm blowing up for no fucking reason. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, like, I, I I took time to really notice that, and it was like, that's, you know, like, I, I hate that I didn't really have a voice, you know what I'm saying, growing up back then, or to be stubborn enough to be like, you know what, I'm going to get my ass whooped anyway, so I might as well just say what I'm about to say, like, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. to really practice <laughs> yeah. to really practice your voice of opinion, you know what I'm saying, like, to really yeah. practice that shit, you know what I'm saying, because by then, you know, you would be in being able to, you know, approach things in a calmly fashion, or, you know what I'm saying, speak on it directly. You know what I'm saying, but mm-hmm. when it came, when it definitely did come down to it, though, like I because because once I started dating, like that was the that was the first time I can really express my feelings to a woman. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. So that's why when it came to me understanding that you know you can initially you know show some sort of affection, you know what I'm saying that you can show to your mom, you can show this, you know you can show to the next woman. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. you know, obviously it was, you know, affections to, you know, different levels type of shit. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can be, you know, that gentleman. 
you know what I'm saying, that you pretty much, you know, tailored yourself to be, like, you know what I'm saying, because, like, you can, because, like, for me, like, I was, I was channeling, you know, right from wrongs and shit, you know what I'm saying, like, um, observing, like, you know, the, the guys that my mom was dealing with and, you know, realizing that they were scumbags and shit like that, and it was, like, even my dad, you know what I'm saying, so I was looking at that, like, you know, okay, like, I know that that's not the type of person that a woman would go for, so it's, like, don't be that, like, you know what I'm saying, even mm-hmm. though that's what you've seen, you've seen, you seen that as don't do it or don't be that, like, you know what I'm saying? So I tailor myself to be a gentleman and to be, you know, something opposite of that, you know what I'm saying? So it's like when you, when you built that craft up and you, you've molded yourself to be this person, then it's like, okay, now I got to, you know, I got to implement that into relationships. And then it's like, when you, when you do that and you, you gravitate to these women who, you know, and not saying all, I'm just saying the ones that I came across when they don't appreciate yeah. that man that you are, you know what I'm saying? It you can kinda you kinda get butthurt about it. You know what I'm saying? Because like all these things kinda like trigger back into your past as to, you know, like how, you know, you were that kid that for one didn't have a voice of opinion, you know, two, you know, just wasn't really seen as somebody that you know, that deserves some sort of affection. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So so yeah, that's that's that's, that's my that's how that's how I look at it as far as like with my um my um awareness with that my um uh, my relational uh, self awareness. Yes, and you know honestly though, I think that it's easier for us to see it in other people relational self awareness. Like you know when they talk to us about their childhood, because I remember my ex had told me um you know, that he had thoughts of cheating and, like, you know, he was already, like, stepping out and flirting. And I'm like, well, why did you feel the need to tell me when the damage was already done? Because I I consider emotional cheating, texting and, and like, deleting shit. I feel like that that's all a part of cheating, too. And he was like, you know, yeah. growing up, I've seen the men in my family, whenever the, men, the woman was pissing them off, they went and they entertained women. So that was you know, his, that was his cultural belief growing up. And I know for me, um, getting advice from women versus the men about how a man's supposed to treat you, a lot of the advice that I got came from them being damaged by men. So I didn't know how to trust mm-hmm. men. So in a sense, I was emasculating them. And, like, I know that you have said before, like, the woman that you had talked to had daddy issues. So it's like even though you were trying to change the narrative and be different for them, I know me, and I can only speak for them, like hypothetically, having daddy issues mm-hmm. and, and like, you know, the first person that lets you down, every man that comes to your life has to prove themselves ten times hard. But like you said, it becomes too much because it's like the grown me inside of me is like, okay, I'm not responsible for every damaged thing. You're going to have to take accountability for what you went through. So I do think mm-hmm. that if we can be aware of relational self-awareness, but a lot of us are stuck and we're just doing shit and we don't even realize why we're doing it until we have these talks. I understand why they say don't take it personal when someone cheats on you because it has more to do with them than it does with you, but that's easier said than done when you're trying to find validation because you don't see the potential in yourself. And this person that you put your trust into, because let's just be honest, we're more intimate and vulnerable with our man and our woman before we are our friends. The person that you fucking knows mm-hmm. way more about you, they know the math mm-hmm. that you don't show the world and your friends. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when you give yep. them that and they cheat, and it's like, well, what the fuck? 
And it's like, you know, it's like, dog, like, they'd be like, oh, just get over it. No, it affected me too. But at the end of the day, as I do my healing process and I go through it, you know what, that that shit had to fall apart so something better could come, you know, together. So thank you for answering that. All right, now my last question. So how does cheating affect our self-love, whether we did the cheating or got cheated on? How does it affect our self-love? Well, we can start with uh, whether or not, you know, you did the cheating. Because, uh, I mean, <laughs> when you when you do the cheating, I mean, honestly, like, <laughs> karma kicks in, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Karma will fuck you over. Karma and, you know what I'm saying, just like the, the sensibility of, you know, of, of hurting somebody else can hurt you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when, when, I, when, I, did, when I did cheat, you know what I'm saying? Like, when I got out of that whole, like, revenge, you know, phase and shit, like, you know, like, really, once, once my mind really got clear as to what the fuck I did, like, you know, I really did feel bad. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because my intentions is right. never to hurt anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's never my intention. So, like, the way it happened and how it happened, you know what I'm saying? I felt bad about it. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, like, with karma, that shit don't, that shit don't, um, it don't hit you lightly. That shit hits you pretty hard. You know what I'm saying? So, I (laughs) think, you know, like, when karma kicked in for me for what I did, you know what I'm saying, regardless, regardless of, of, you know, if I did it first or not, you know what I'm saying? I I pretty much reacted to it, you know what I'm saying? But when karma kicked in for me, you know what I'm saying? Like, it kicked in with the, the relationship after, you know what I'm saying, my kid's mom, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, start, it started off based off of, you know, uh, cheating, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I guess the person that I was dating felt like, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, the ball was in her court to do the same thing and, you know, all trust was pretty much gone, and you know it was rebuilding. You know, over over the course of those six years that we were dating, but mm-hmm. it never truly got back to where it should have been. You know what I'm saying? I mean, hell, honestly, it was never it was never really there. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it was never really there. Like we were just building, we were building off a relationship that we, you know, basically we committed cheating. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it it was based off of that commitment of cheating. You know what I'm saying? So mm. you you definitely have to be careful with that. You know what I'm saying? Because like you know, and then also like when you when you do the cheating, you you better be careful as to who you fucking cheating on, or you know you know what I'm saying like <laughs> shit. If you ain't watched the thin line between love and hate, I don't know what to tell you. Like mm. <laughs> it was real shit. You or acrimony when I you, that. Well, yeah, I mean, kind of, sort of, but he, like he more so cheat, thin line between. He didn't cheat. Yeah. Yeah, more so thin line between love and hate. Like, this woman legit told you that she basically killed her last husband because he hurt her. And you still decided to clap them cheeks, lie to her. (laughs) And then before you knew it, you was at your side bitch house. You opened the door, and her birthday cake was at the damn front door with a knife stabbed in that bitch. You have to be careful as to who you cheat on people with. You know what I'm saying? Like, that could be a form of karma too, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like I said, like once you once you commit that type of wrongdoing to somebody who has genuinely, you know, been there for you type of shit and and you know, didn't deserve it type of thing, that should have kicked in and that shit will bite you straight in the ass. But um, when it comes to you getting cheated on, 
I feel like the way that that, that would affect your self-love is that, you know what I'm saying, like, especially, like, if you're continuing to, you know, give in to this person, like, like I said before, like, it, it decreases your self-value. It, it makes you feel like, you know, you're not worth a, a, um, a, um, a true, genuine relationship. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you tend to settle for shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we have to get out of that mode of, like, really settling for for relationships thinking that we, you know, valuable enough for, you know, somebody that's genuine, you know what I'm saying? Especially like if you constantly come across people who, who ain't really showing you that they, that they down for you like that, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you just continue to settle, you know what I'm saying? And it, like I said, like it, it knocks down your self love, like shit, like a thousand, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you, yes. you you tend because like for real like you know like the right person that cheats on you they will manipulate you into thinking that you you know that you causing them to do it because you know like you said before like you might not be showing enough affection you know what I'm saying they might they might bring mm-hmm. that to the table but it's like well damn nigga like I just bought you like two pairs of Nike shoes and you know uh, some Nike shorts and some Nike shirts and shit like that you know what I'm saying I spent my check on you you driving my car and shit what the fuck you mean I ain't showing you nothing like I'm showing you the fact that what's mine is yours so it's like you know what more do you want but you know it it yeah it it'll it'll put you it'll put you in that state of mind of thinking that you know you just not worth anything you know what I'm saying and you and because of that you will tend to settle for either that person or people like thereof. You know what I'm saying? But, mm-hmm. yeah, that's something that we definitely have to um, be aware of. You know what I'm saying? We have to definitely set boundaries and um, um, basically, shit, just, just set the standards right at the front door. Like, you know what I'm saying? Let a yeah. person know what you, you know, what your intentions are. And, you know, you have to be a strong individual. You know what I'm saying? Like, because like I said, like the moment you bring, you know, the moment you take a person back more than once, they already feel like, okay, like, I already know what to do, how to do it. I can continue to do me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm. So, yeah, that's my mm. take on it. So, you, you be hitting. I'm, I'm telling you, every time we do a relationship episode, it's just gems just dropping. <laughs> I swear. I, but I, I've been there. <laughs> I know. And I thank you for always just being honest and dropping that wisdom. Um, I would say overall, getting cheated on or um, – Cheating, I feel like it's just both of us just not understanding each other's love language, and it plays it plays heavy on the self love. I would say for me, um, I cheated on someone before because I wasn't getting attention, like I wasn't getting phone calls. Um, they were on crush spot. Yeah, that, that no, nope. I was like nineteen, so Facebook was out. They were on Facebook, but crush spot was still relevant in my space. Yeah. So they would be on there and it's like, you know, you're you're entitled to not answer the phone when I text. But it's like at the same time, I feel like don't go a day without like even texting, let me know that that you're thinking about me. But I should have just been honest with myself and left. Like, you know, like, okay, this is a relationship that I don't need if this person's not speaking my love language. But I didn't want to be alone. At the same time I was in that like you said, that revengeful that revengeful state. You just see red and you want the person to hurt like you do. But at the end of the day, after I cheated, nothing changed. 
I felt even lower. I'm like nothing changed. I didn't get. I'm still not getting his attention. I just add another body to my body. You know what I'm saying? Like what's the hell? Right. Um, getting cheated on. You know, I said it before. I question myself a lot. To be depressed. All those songs that you dedicated to the motherfucker or that made you think about them comes on. And then DC, you said this years ago. You was like, I hate. <laughs> you know, like I hate when you break up with somebody and then your family want to ask, well, how's such and such doing? You hear that fuck too, em. and it's like, yo, you say what? I said, fuck them. Don't you ask yes. me. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, it's like Meek Mill said, stop acting with such and such that. If you don't see him in the picture, then that's what it is. But it's right. like, damn, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you just. I think I, it, for both, it fucked with my self-love because at the end of the day, I still felt lost. And I was listening to a lot of advice that didn't serve me in the right way with it, but it didn't change it. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like I chose not to be a cheater because it's like, dog, this ain't going to do nothing. I just got to let it right. go. You get what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. um Yes, that that that's my take on it. That that was a good segment. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Then. All right. So we're gonna get into the stimulate your mind question. Drop it, DC. Oh man, shit. R.I.P. to A.J. Johnson. Smokey back here taking yes. a shit in this stank. Let's stimulate <laughs> that mind, correct. I ain't gonna tell nobody else. <laughs> All right. So. My question this week is, what is the best part about being an adult for you? Shit, being able to do what the fuck I want to do. <laughs> awesome, real shit. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, you know, as much as, as much as we have our cons about being an adult, you know what I'm saying, which mainly is just, you know, being responsible for uh, bills, um, going to work, maintaining, you know, your household, you know, cars and all that type of shit, you know what I'm saying? All that plays a factor in being an adult, you know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. those, and those are things that we stress about, you know what I'm saying? Just trying to, you know, stay above water to make ends meet and, you know, be able to live in this highly cost-ass world. But <laughs> to to look at, you know what I'm saying, like the – to look at it from, from a child's perspective, like growing up, like I – you know, I always wanted to have my first car, you know what I'm saying, to be able to drive and, you know, all that type of shit. Um, have my first bank account, you know what I'm saying, or, you know, just just being really more in control of what, you know, of what I can and can't do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, if I if I want to if I want to get fired from my job, hey, guess what? I can do that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, or... You know, just just having those opportunities of yeses and nos. You know what I'm saying? That that's been really like the best part of adulthood. And you know, considering that I am a father, that's one of the that's one of the best parts too of you know, just being able to raise somebody that you that you help bring into this world type of shit. Um, yeah. That's definitely that's definitely one of the um one of the best parts. But yeah, more so is just you know, like I said, just being able to do what you want to do. You know what I'm saying? Like having those opportunities. You know what I'm saying? that everybody else get on a regular basis. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they always say, like, when you wake up, you have the same opportunities as I do once you wake up. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So. That part. So, yeah. Yeah. I would say for me, the best part about being an adult is that I can speak my mind and don't have to worry about getting punished or getting my ass slapped. Like, you know, or or getting getting shit slapped out of me. 
because um, mm-hmm. I'm realizing, like, you know, I have a voice. And I really understand the saying now, it takes giving respect to receive respect. You get what I'm saying? It's like I feared you and I felt like I had to respect you when I was a kid, but now I'm gonna I'm still gonna speak to you and get my point across in a respectful way. But you can't sit up there and try to get in my face and who who you getting smart with and who you getting disrespectful with because now that I think back to it, people only say that because it's the truth and it hurts you. So you could put the fear in me as a child. Who you talking to? Like you said, shut your ass up. They be quick to say that when you mm-hmm. say something they don't like. And it's like, how right. am I talking back to just saying what I feel? Like, I don't I don't get it. So I like the fact that yeah. I'm a grown-up now and I can speak my mind and ain't nobody going to check me. The, the most yeah. you can do I is not, it's not talk to me. It is what it is. So, yeah. I felt that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. All right, now, D.C., do the temptation slide on into the uh, oh, shout-outs and appreciation. Oh, shit, shoot him up. Um, <laughs> shout-out <laughs> shout to, shout, <laughs> shout to self-lovers by rehab before most, you know what I'm saying? Shout-out to you, Complex, for allowing me to come on and do my thing and, you know what I'm saying, escape from reality for an hour, you know what I'm saying? But it definitely does help. Um, yeah. Shout-out to Dynamic Culture Apparel. That's my baby. Don't play with it. Um, I just got my jogger sets in. I don't know if y'all may have seen it, but I had dropped a post on Instagram, you know what I'm saying, just kind of showing it, giving you a little spliff, spliff of it. Um, yeah. I'm going to take more pictures tomorrow just to give you, um, you know, a more idea as to what they look like and how they fit, you know what I'm saying. I'm actually rocking a set right now. they comfortable as hell, you know what I'm saying. Like, they, you know, heavy, but they light at the same time. they breathable, but, you know what I'm saying, like, these are pretty much damn near all-around style joggers. So, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, I'm fucking with these. You know what I'm saying? I'm really proud of these. I like how they came out. You know what I'm saying? They come with they come with brand tags and all that shit. You know what I'm saying? They give you the, you know, the uh, the size sticker on there and everything. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's definitely professionally um, ready for shipping and everything like that. You know what I'm saying? So these are out. Make sure you copy one. If you, uh, if you are yes. interested, make sure you DM me on um, Instagram at dynamic underscore culture underscore apparel or you can hit me up on facebook as well at dynamic culture apparel um yeah i'm i'm gonna be expecting to uh you know drop initially and you know what i'm saying like get some sales popping um but yeah with that being said shout out to all my positive kings and queens with positive vibes and positive energy and shout out to all you negative nasty musty ass nancy's with negative vibes and negative energy we still love y'all crusty motherfuckers at the end of the day. We just wait for you to catch up, boss. Uh... God damn. The disrespect. <laughs> but hey, it is what it is. Um, so I'm going to shout out Self Love is My Rehab. This podcast is really helping me to become a better person. It's challenging me to talk about uncomfortable things. And believe it or not, it's challenging me to get out there and, like, really promote both podcasts like you know at open mics i usually get on the open mic i usually get on the mic say my poem be out <laughs> but it's like no you know promote you know what i'm saying tell people to follow you like i'm my personality really comes out on here you know in in the past i wouldn't have i, I would have hated to do this because i hated how i sounded but um shout out to yeah. this shout out to queens revives and visions um that podcast is helping me to get more in touch with my feminine side and to accept the woman that I am and not 
follow this standard of what society says I should be, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know what I need to work on, but I know what I'm I'm embracing about myself now. So shout out to that podcast. I cannot wait for our retreat next year. Man, um, I'm speaking some big things into both of these uh, podcasts. Uh, shout out to No Apologies. That sets the platform for both Self-Love with My Rehab and Queen's Advisor Vision. Book is still going strong. It has 16, 5 out of 5 stars. And sliding right on in, it's the second, but never last, Out of Darkness has 5. Thank you guys for the reviews, the responses. I appreciate y'all so much. Um, you know, like I said, I always have books on demand. I'm doing a bundle deal for $25. Please hit me up if you want a copy. You also get a signed copy. I like signing people's books. <laughs> You'll remember me. Yeah, but uh, also, shout out to my stomach, you know what I'm saying, for staying strong throughout this whole podcast <laughs> and didn't let me go yet. You know what I'm saying? I'm proud of you. And, uh, yeah, shout out to God because without him, I would not have a close relationship with myself. You know, like he's really helping me to become more stronger. You know, I didn't realize how strong I was. And, you know, like I said, DC, you be dropping some gems all the time. When you said on the breakup episode, you know, when you realize what you can do after letting go of somebody that you thought you couldn't let go of, I felt that in my spirit because I'm seeing it every day. Like, damn, I can live by myself. I can bounce back from darkness when I'm going through it. I don't have to give up. So, yeah, this man, shout out to life. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. That's all I got to say. So, all right, now, DC, let us know what the what you know about that segment is tonight. Oh, shit. What you know about that? What you know about that? I know all about that. Hey, oh, so listen, yeah. people. I was scrolling on uh, the shade room. Shout out to y'all. And they got this <laughs> little uh, shade room debate uh, little uh, hashtag that they have, and they uh, put up some debates. And I came across mm-hmm. this one where they were asking, uh, what's a, a trauma movie that you were only able to see once and could not ever watch again? And mm. I thought that was a pretty interesting one because I got a, quite a few of them up under my belt that I can never watch ever <laughs> fucking again. So I wanted to bring it to the platform. Yeah. Um, I honestly, I, you know, I can, I can answer this one first. Um, mm-hmm. I have two of them. Um, the first one, that probably ranks number one would probably be Candyman. And I watched the, I watched the recent one that just came out. It wasn't bad. It was good, but it wasn't bad. Um, but it's just, it's the fact that, you know, the actor that played Candyman, uh, Tony Todd, I believe his name is. Mm. I could not get this dude out of my damn head after watching that damn movie. You know what I'm saying? Mm. With the whole, like, the whole, like, you know, story behind it, like, you know what I'm saying, if you say his name five times in the mirror, he comes to kill you. Mm. Now, it wouldn't probably sound as bad if the nigga wasn't seven feet tall with a very, with a very white um, voice and shit, deep as hell, talking about be my victim with a hook <laughs> for a hand. Like, and you got bees for intestines. Like, nigga, I, and I'm allergic to bees. I don't even like them, nigga. So, like, you got all <laughs> You got this mixture of that, like that's fucking terrifying. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I don't, I don't mean to spoil it, but spoiler alert: at the end of the new one, he does a cameo appearance, and I think it's CGI. But I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was really him or not. But I think it may have been CGI. But you know what I'm saying? He was like, "Kill everyone." I was like, "I ain't telling nobody shit." You just scared the fuck out of me, nigga. 
No, I immediately so turned that shit off. I ain't even want to watch not one more motherfucking second of it. Like, Tony Todd, like, legit scares the shit out of me. He's, like, the only black man that scares me, and it's because of that damn movie. And I only watched that movie one time and did not pick it back up ever again. But the second one is definitely... <laughs> The second one is definitely Passion of the Christ. Now, Passion of the Christ was mm. very traumatic to me, you know what I'm saying? Uh, just based on how graphic it, graphic it was, you know what I'm saying, especially when they started tormenting him and everything like that. Like, it was just beyond graphic. Like, I can't even really go into any more detail than that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when they were, like, whipping him, you know what I'm saying, like, across, like, the abdomen, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think mm. it was, like, spikes at the end of the whip, and, you know what I'm saying, like, it exposed his flesh and his rib cage and everything. Like, and I, and I say, like, I that's 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 one I'm for sure I legit only watched one time and did not ever, ever watch that shit again. Like, I didn't even watch the credits of that shit. Like, I, I don't want to see that movie no more. You know what I'm mm. saying? But, uh, but, yeah, those are my two traumatic ones. What mm. about you? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to laugh on the candy can, but I just told, I still said, I ain't telling you shit. <laughs> but no. Um, <laughs> I ain't telling them shit. <laughs> but the two movies that I cannot watch again, first one is Precious. That movie, even though each character played their part, and I know that this is everyday life stories, but just the part where... Monique, the mom, I forget what the mom's name was, but the character that Monique played, she asked yeah. to hold um, her daughter's newborn son. I mean, I think it was a, a daughter, I think, I don't know. But she asked just to hold the baby. And she looked mm-hmm. and, and realized that the baby looked just like her boyfriend because Monique's boyfriend was molesting Precious. And she threw the baby. And then, like, when Precious was trying to get away downstairs, she came to the stairwell and dropped the TV down there. Like, like she tries to kill her it just really makes me cringe because it's like dog like i know these are everyday stories but it hurts when you will sit up there and take your own daughter out and take up the side of you i don't i don't know if boys go through this but it hurts when a female is coming to her mom and saying this guy molested me and it's like well you shouldn't have been wearing this like they 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 attack the daughter it's already bad enough that yeah. we don't have a system believe us but when your mom doesn't so i can't watch that again because i felt like nobody precious had nobody rooting for her but her but the strength of her teacher and the strength of her kids knowing that i got to make a better life for them and i commend her right. for wanting to keep those kids because I can say for me that if I got raped or molested by my mama's boyfriend, I don't know if I could keep those kids because I'm always going to see a part of you. So she's very strong, but, dog, I can't watch it again. And the second one, since we're talking about um, scary movies, you will never catch mm-hmm. me watching te- Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I give this all to Queen K and her sister for showing me real-life pictures. Talking about some, yeah, you know, this is based off a real story. And showing yeah, the fucking yeah. pictures. And you know, yeah. I would never fuck it. No, I would never watch <laughs> that shit again. Mm-mm. No, I'm yeah, straight. Like know. that one part where, they, where she put her, I think they put the girl finger in that little wax thing face and like I'm like that shit is actually moving no fuck that I don't even want to go to Texas that's my uh, that's my take on it though for sure for sure so well all right well close us out 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was a damn good show. Hopefully y'all enjoyed it, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, whatever answers that we may have given out, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully y'all can implement those into your lives. Hopefully ain't nobody getting cheated on out there, you know what I'm saying? We we <laughs> definitely promote healthy relationships out there, you know what I'm saying? So hopefully everybody yeah. is in a consistent and stable and, you know, faithful relationship and, you know what I'm saying, shit, live it up, you know what I'm saying? Like, cre- create this and make this shit the new wave, you know what I'm saying? Fuck all that cheating shit. But, um, be happy. Yeah, get them cheese clap um, in peace. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> my dynamic culture quote for tonight is relative to the uh, to the uh, podcast tonight. Um, it's sleeping alone is better than sharing your bed with someone who shares their bed with someone else when you're not around. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> you know, I simply I simply just chose this one. You know, what I'm saying just right off the bat. You know what I'm saying? Because, look, listen, secrets and lies kill relationships, man. Like, no matter how careful you are, you're going to always get caught. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. So if, you, if you're not happy in a relationship on some real shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, talk things out before you decide you want to just, you know, go and deal with your relationships, you know, for for the moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you just never know what type of situations you may be going through eternally, you know what I'm saying? That can simply get resolved by just, you know, conversing with the person that you're dealing with. You know what I'm saying? If you ever have those thoughts of cheating and shit like that, take it to the table. You know what I'm saying? If Jada Pickett could take her shit to the red table, you could take your shit to the table too. You know what I'm saying? Like real shit. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Just be, you know, owe that to yourself. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to be that person that has, like, this, you know, ridiculous body count of, you know, dealing with sorts of people and giving yourself, giving a piece of yourself to people through sex. And, mm-hmm. you know, like we like we were saying before with that analogy, you know what I'm saying? Like, you give yourself to so many people to where you find yourself just completely drained. You know what I'm saying? You're lost. You know what I'm saying? All, the, all of you is within all these people who don't give a fuck about you. They only gave a fuck about you for the mm-hmm. moment. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So... Oh, owe that to yourself and, you know, try to try to be in a faithful relationship. If not, then, hell, just take the time out to be by yourself and love yourself a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? So you can have an understanding as to who you are and how to love somebody else. So, yeah, that's my take on that. You know what I'm saying? So with that being said, peace and love, everybody, and we are out. Peace and love, y'all.